Hey guys, my name is Dina Marie Rodriguez. I am a full-time illustrator and hand lettering artist in Portland, Oregon, and this is Women of Illustration, a brand new web series that features amazing, talented women from all over the globe, so that way we can help each other be heard more in this male-dominated industry that we're in to be able to just make insanely good art and get paid for it. Today is the last episode of a three-part series with Irene Felio, an amazing illustrator and animator out of Brooklyn, New York. We're going to be talking about how do you find your niche as an illustrator. So we know the best ways to practice. We know how to find our unique style, but we need to talk about more than just what's the kind of subject matter that we're drawn to, what's the colors that we use most often, and what are the mediums, but what are the services? What do we have as artists to offer to the world so we can get paid for it? How do we talk to clients so they can perfectly understand the value we offer, especially if they're not an artist or a designer themselves? How can we speak to someone who has no idea about the art industry in a way where they can just get it? All right, are you guys ready for the episode? Me too, let's find our illustration niche. Ho! Okay, so here's a great question, I think, um, is when did you begin to feel as though you're producing work in your own authentic style? Um, so I think maybe, I mean, even when I, when I first started drawing, like in high school, because I've like, you know, like all of us, like, I've always drawn like all throughout high school. Um, I've always kind of had my own stamp on things just because I guess I wasn't very much a technical illustrator um I can't draw very technically well we touched on that like in a couple like in past episodes so I kind of always tried to do things my way and if anything I've always tried to be like people that are more technical like I remember I went through a phase where I was obsessed with Pixar because I wanted to be an animator and I wanted to draw like Disney and so I would try and draw like concept art to look like Disney concept artists and I just can't do it like I've never been able to do it so I've always definitely felt like my work has always looked like my work but I feel like only recently maybe in the past maybe four years I've started to feel like I've refined it to a point where it looks developed enough to look commercial or refined mm -hmm. like it looks proper rather than half hashed out you know what I mean mm -hmm. Would you say that you figured out your style like before you had your day job, like your first official like paying gig or did it come after like years in the industry working professionally? Um, I mean, the thing is, is that people have always said that they can tell what my work is. Like, even though I do like a lot of different things, like I'll draw like girl heads or I'll draw creatures or I'll draw plants or stuff like that. People have always been like, oh, like I recognize your style and I'll be like, that's great. Like, I don't know if I have a style, but people have always said that they can kind of tell that it's come from me. And I think that's just a mixture of one, the subject matter that I gravitate towards the colors that I use and the feelings that I try to evoke with my work, which is what I talked about before, like whimsical, strange, odd. So I can explore like a whole breadth of different things, but as long as those kind of things are there, um, people identify that as my style. So that's what kind of always been there. Wow, that's you know? crazy. That's yeah. a crazy way. To, like, did that happen to me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I, I don't think, I'm really 
really like flattered when people say that they can tell my work has a distinct style. Mm -hmm. um, it's like it means the world to me because I'm like, great, like someone thinks that, you know, it's like when someone says they recognize you and you've only met them once. You're like, that's amazing that you remember me. <laughs> like, um, so but um, yeah, I don't know. It, I think it's just, yeah, a combination of the colors that I use the it, yeah the subject matter and the strange kind of things that I like to gravitate towards yeah so something that just popped in my head so I can only think of this in terms of like a lettering perspective so like mm -hmm. when you first start at lettering it's very like I've gotten to the point where by looking at your lettering artwork I can tell you how long you've been practicing because it, I feel like everyone looks exactly the same when they first start out like when we were looking at Scott Barisak's Instagram profile yeah. back in the other episode uh together um, and that was the one on the right way to practice, but like his first style looked exactly like mine when I first started. So I feel like there's a little bit of talent, like you need to have talent in order for you to recognize it as a style or else it just looks like everybody else's shit, like literal shit. Would you agree with that? Or do you think people well, can have a style starting out? I don't know. I, I remember I, um, I listened to this amazing quote from Ira Glass. I don't know if you've heard it from This American Life. Um, he was like saying how, like, you know, it's when you first start doing anything, I'm like horribly misquoting him, but the concept is there. Like mm -hmm. that when you first start doing creative work, you are going to do work that sucks and you're going to know it sucks and it's going to be super frustrating. But the reason why you know it is because you have taste. And a lot of the reason why you got into the game is because you have taste. And so you're able to work towards building that. Um, so I don't really 100% remember the question, but the But you like, totally answered it. Yeah, no. Yeah, like, my point is, is that, like, when you start, you know, there, there can be, like, elements of what will be your style in there, but I feel like you'll be able to recognize, like, if you look at it and you're like, this is shit, mm. then you can tell that because you have taste and you are working towards a goal. Whereas, like, if you do something and it's terrible and you're like, this is pretty sweet, then we've got problems because I don't know if you can necessarily teach taste. <laughs> so, okay. So I have this kind of like spiel that I go into and like how to find your niche. But before I go into it, how, what would your advice be for someone who's trying to like, they've, let's, I'll give you a scenario. They've been practicing for over two years mm -hmm. um, on a plethora of illustration that may or may not include lettering. Uh, they haven't really figured out what colors they enjoy or any of that stuff, but they're really trying to focus now and be a little more professional. Maybe they have a couple thousand followers on Instagram. They're starting to get some traction, but they haven't figured out their niche yet. And now there's a difference between niche and style. So just to be really clear, style can be associated with like the aesthetic or like the niche has to do a lot more with like industry and services. So like when you're ready to offer up your, your service, like your services with your art, what would you do? So like, what would be your advice? Um, so for example, when you say services and part, like, for example, would mine be animation? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Um, I guess. So style figuring out my number one advice would be to probably just look at what, like figure out what you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I really had an eye and also enjoyed animation. Um, and so that's kind of where the majority of my illustration work gravitated towards. Like I could drew, draw characters, I could make 
explainer videos. I could, you know, do all of that kind of stuff. And so I really looked at that industry and figured out, okay, like where, where do I fit into this? But also on top of that, I would always kind of, I'm, I'm always, I always get a bit bored. I'm not going to lie. Like I kind of always jump (laughs) from place to place. So while I do animation in my day job and I do offer that as a service, um, if I were to freelance, I also, I'm so happy to explore other opportunities. So, you know, I went through a stint of doing murals because I was like, oh, like, you know, I feel like I would enjoy seeing my work in large spaces. And I did enjoy seeing my work in large spaces, but I also realized that I, I hate going outside. (laughs) I, I am a sucker for the elements. Like I, Painting in the sun is the worst thing in the entire world. Painting mm-hmm. in the cold is the worst thing in the entire world. So I hate like doing murals. Like it's just not really my thing. So I like this is a, a lot like our past advice is just, you know, trial and error, figuring out what you want to do and like what you're interested in and then doing it. And then if you don't like it, that's totally fine. And if you do keep working at it, work in the community and figure it out. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I would say. I think um, only because I'm a teacher, you have to break things down, like really segment them to really get the point across. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions that I think should make up your niche. All right. And you've already answered it, but just to put it all together. So the first thing is industry. Okay. So if you had to pick your top two or number one industry to work in, like um, apparel, lifestyle brands, uh, fucking automotive that kind of thing beauty um uh editorial uh there's so many other options um what what are the like what would be your your dream so is like animation one of that or animation is a service um like industry could be like uh entertainment so like within so like within entertainment you could even segment it to like i only like to do things for documentaries Cause that would yeah. still be like, so, so entertainment is a great example, but like if you had a, okay. So using entertainment, what are your favorite kinds of entertainment that you would like to create for just so we could super segment it down? Yeah, no worries. Um, so like, you know, for at the, at the moment I work in advertising that sells products. Um, but I would ideally like to work in entertainment where I, I focus on telling stories visually. So I would like to, you know, whether that means I work on creating short films or creating um, longer content pieces that tell brand stories or like concepts behind that, that's what I would really like to get into. Now, I'm going to drill this down to a ridiculous amount. Okay, so telling stories. So do you have a preference on autobiography? Like, is that more of like a biography or is it more of like fiction? Um, Well, I think like a lot of fiction is based on true stories so Mm -hmm. yeah i i mean in an ideal world i would like fiction but i also like um a mix of both for example at the moment i'm working on a short animation um for a a film series called project girl um and they're all film series like they're 10 stories and they're all based on true stories of um like stories from girlhood that were anonymous anonymously shared so it's a fiction story that was written but it was inspired by a true story Mm -hmm. um and so i think that's like the really great middle ground and i'm conveying that story through animation which is like kind of really interesting because i can kind of let my imagination run wild but it's still grounded by a very personal experience so 
we went, so if we were to narrow it down, your ideal industry, let's just say storytelling, especially fiction within the entertainment industry. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. These are the things that I want people to talk about. So it's kind of like, um, I forget who said this. It's probably Sean West. I feel like everything I say at one, at one time was something that Sean West said. Um, <laughs> but like you have to drill down the why, like just keep asking why. So it's like, okay, so you choose the entertainment industry. Why did you choose the entertainment industry? Because I like storytelling. Well, why do you like storytelling? That process is really good. And to be honest, I've like never really necessarily done it to myself. Um, but it's a really good way to kind of like check in and be like, you know, am I heading down the right path? Like, you know, cause I'm still, you know, I'm still emerging. Like I'm still figuring out For what sure. I'm doing. So yeah. yeah, I think that's a great idea. Oh, so there's more. Okay. So Ooh. we figured out our industry. Now let's talk about medium. Okay. okay. So if you had to pick one medium and that could be a specific program, what would that be? Photoshop. Photoshop. Okay. Yeah. So does that mean you're animating in Photoshop or are we talking static illustration? Static and also 2D animating. But if I had to pick a second program to go with that, I pick After Effects. Okay. So we can say Photoshop and After So let's say Adobe Suite. Yeah. Um, so that way it's not like Cinema 4D or anything like that. Um, yeah. And just going into... So we could say Photoshop. Um, now, in terms of mediums, are there certain kind of brushes that you gravitate towards? Do you like more traditional looking brushes? or Do you like more glossy brushes? Yeah. So I... Yeah. I like the ones that, you know, look like watercolor I that was like the number one thing that I used to be obsessed at I've actually gone away from the whole watercolor look I now so more so do like shading whether it be through like the speckled brushes or like dry brushes um, I do a lot of paint backs like so I'll get um, it, this, I usually just use the standard Photoshop brushes mm -hmm. um, but I, I play with the flow and the opacity to kind of give it like a kind of rugged texture to it so I think that's kind of what I gravitate towards Okay, so let's combine them, right? So industry. So you like to work in the entertainment industry, especially for fiction, using digital products such as Photoshop and After Effects that have a more traditional vibe. Yeah. So a bit of a contradiction. <laughs> no, it's not. Because I'm the same way. Uh, like I use, like I, I think I only use one brush. It's like Micron 0.5 brush that I yeah. bought from a kit that there's like hundreds of other fucking brushes, but that's just the one yeah. brush I use. Yeah, and then, like I use one. <laughs> then I use like the blue pencil brush for sketches just because it's nice to have color that's not gray. Um, okay, so there's more. Um, the next one is subject matter. Now that's the one thing that you talked about when I asked you about style versus medium or industry. So that's really yeah. interesting. So you're gonna stick with kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, whimsical, right? So you yeah. have that pretty much uh, down. If you had to actually talk about what are the common themes of your work? So like before you said, sometimes you did the floating heads, sometimes you do the plants. Is there one thing that you always see in your work that's pretty consistent? Yeah, I think all my work kind of has like an element of magic in it. And I mean magic in the sense, like it's not really grounded in reality. That's mm -hmm. hence the floating heads, hence the floating hands. Um, I draw a lot of plants, but I think plants can be used in potions, like, I don't know, I just have always gravitated to that kind of imagery. Um, like, you know, knives, like a floating eye. I just think there's like an element of the surreal that I really gravitate towards. And I think that's what makes it whimsical and strange. Okay. So that you use, you use the really good word that you didn't use before, which is surrealism. All right. So let's go back. Yeah. You like to do, uh, you like to be in the entertainment industry doing fiction, right? So doing things that are strange or 
you know, things that like might surprise you, uh, using digital products, but for a more traditional feel and you would like subject matters that are really just kind of weird and surreal and witchy and all that stuff. So that's, that's a pretty focused niche. Now there's one more. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is what I like folks at home. Are you writing this shit down? Like answer these questions. Like it's going to be amazing. So that way, next time you have a conversation with someone, you can feel brave enough and practiced enough to be able to actually tell them what you do. Yeah. Cause it's really hard to tell someone what you do when you're an illustrator or an artist of any kind. Cause they, it's just, it's not a blanket statement that all artists are created equal. Um, and there's different fucking things you can do in your industry as we all know, and be able to paint a picture. And if you can talk about what you do to what I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say normie. I don't know if that's offensive or not like a normal person. So like a normie, uh, if you're telling them what you, and they actually get it, that's fucking amazing because the majority of your clients aren't going to get it either. You know what I mean? So yeah, totally. just being able to speak on their level. Okay, last thing is services. So mm. animation is a service. So if you had to pick just one or two services, what would those services be? Um, An illustration is not a service. Is not a service. No. Animation is not a I mean, but animation is a service? Yes. Um, so illustrations, like it technically is a service, but it's really, I guess the same thing as animation. It's a really broad so, like, yeah. a service, like, within illustration could be, like, branding, um, editorial, uh, mm -hmm. apparel, um, advertising, um, those, mm -hmm. those social media graphics, like, the, like, really breaking down to, like, yeah. a keyword searchable term. Yeah. Okay. I guess I've always wanted to get into editorial. I've never actually done, oh, I have done, um, like, portraits of artists, like, music artists to accompany blog. Things. So if I could pick a niche, I'd definitely pick like animation and editorial because the idea of like accompanying a visual with the written word is exactly like kind of my skis. Would you say advertising for animation and editorial for illustration? Say it again, sorry. I'm such a teacher. Um, <laughs> would you say like, like, cause because uh, animation and illustration are such big umbrellas, would you say for yeah. animation, it would be advertising and then for illustration it would be editorial if you had to pick one niche service underneath the umbrella of those two things i mean ideally animation would be entertainment though right oh yeah um yeah, yeah so entertainment i forgot <laughs> yeah. i mean i do i do currently do ad animation in advertising but mm -hmm. the dream would definitely be to do things that are story-based rather than um something that's driving to like sell consumer products advertising totally all right so we put all those things together and that's essentially what your about page should say and even more so that's what the first line on your website should say when people land on it because uh, a really general statement is hi my name is so-and-so i'm located here and i'm a designer yeah so that's exactly what my thing is <laughs> yeah which is actually really bad because your name is the only specific search item in that entire thing designer you're not going to pop up on the first page of google for designer you're just not and for new york maybe um so when you say something like now long tail keywords and run on sentences i'm actually a really big fan of <laughs> so it's like hi my name is irene felio i'm a new york based animator and illustrator that specializes in whimsical um in whimsical and witchy designs um that entertain and teach you something about someone's story or make someone's story come to life. 
You know what I mean? Isn't that yeah, so yeah. much more of like, I really get what you do. So that way like, it's very specific. Yeah. Yeah. So that way if a normal person, I, I feel like normie is racist. I don't know why I think that. <laughs> like, how is that? Okay. What did like, what did Harry Potter, what did he call people who didn't have magic? Muggles. Muggles. Okay. So when you're talking to a muggle, yeah. because I, I didn't coin that term. So I feel like I'm allowed to use it. It's like, sorry, people who don't have magic, not to be racist. Um, damn it. Um, but yeah, so that way, when you're talking to a muggle, they understand what you mean. Yeah. So isn't that cool? That's, an, that's amazing. And I also think it helps, like, kind of target. Because even when we were just doing that whole exercise, right, I'm not, I don't even necessarily do what those things are. Mm-hmm. But already you have said it perfectly, like how like what I can be communicating to other people to get what I want to eventually work in. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, like those are the areas that I want to work in, but by just introducing myself to people and potential clients as I'm an illustrator, it's going to take a lot more to get to that. Exactly. So, so once you figure out your niche, you're just able to better dictate what you're available for. So it's like, I would say it like this to my students. I have two portfolios, both equally talented, both have a really great style. But this person has specific things in their portfolio that have hand letter t-shirts in them. This person only has a few hand lettering projects, but it's mostly they're like a jack of trades. They're doing design, they're doing animation, but nothing for t-shirts. I'm going to hire this person over this person because this person has less risk. This person is more likely to complete the job on time, on budget, and I won't have to hire another designer. This person has less of a proven track record from what I can see on their website. Even mm. though they totally could have this in their portfolio, if I don't, if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. So yeah. for everyone who's like, I haven't updated my website in two years, I feel you. Yeah. Update it. <laughs> yeah. Again, absolutely. Update that shit. Squarespace, something easy, just do it. Even if it's just a picture, like just whatever. Um, and that's my spiel on pretty much like how to find your niche. And I feel like it's a nice way to like organize it a little bit better. It's just really just like asking yourself questions. Yeah, no, I think that's, like, a really... I've actually been, like, meaning to do that for ages because, like, for now, like, you know, I've always been able to illustrate and animation is slowly becoming a skill that's starting to level with that. Um, But, yeah, that's super interesting. I'm like, oh, man, I need to rewrite my bio. Maybe that could be your challenge. (laughs) Game on. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Yay! So, the, like, this like this three-part series, I've, like, thought of, like, at least 10 or 12 challenges, but none of them that I was like, no, I feel like that wouldn't, like, affect your bottom line. I don't want to do that. Because for me, it, like, you're, you're not the kind of person that I feel like has a confidence issue or um, has a problem posting or practicing, but talking about yourself in yeah. a way that people can understand, yes, 100%, and it will make a difference. Not only mm-hmm. for how people can have an easier time understanding what you're saying, but, hey, think about those long-tail keywords. Uh, make-believe time. Okay, so you're, you're a budding artist, uh, you didn't go to college, you never had a creative job, and you're starting to get some traction on your Instagram, right? Um, and you don't have it figured out your style yet, so you get an inquiry. And the inquiry is for you to not necessarily do something that's in your own wheelhouse, but something just like, oh, you draw, this is a drawing aesthetic I like, please draw this aesthetic. Would you A try to make that aesthetic your own or B, just do whatever the client wants? Um, I've been in that position before, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was starting out, I would get heaps of, um, inquiries like that and briefs. And 
yeah, I would definitely just kind of do what the client told me. I never kind of wanted to make it my own because I didn't necessarily know what my own was at the time. And I didn't know, like, for example, I always knew that I liked to draw characters, but then I would get briefs of people being like, hey, can you draw um, this product like a car? And so that sounded really boring to me, but I would do it anyway because I got to eat. I got to make money. And I also thought that drawing. Why? We lost her. I'm sorry. I think my internet just lost connection. Yeah, that's okay. I was just like, did your computer die? And I think we've all been in that position, especially when it comes to like rent. Like rent yeah. is coming. Um, But I think I, I come from such a like. Now that I've done so many things wrong with my career, if I would have done it over, I still would have gone to college. I still would have gone to Full Sail. I wish they would have had an illustration program because it was such a strict school that I have yeah. such good... Um, the word I'm looking for is... Uh, strengths. I'm going to say strengths from that school. Like, I'm really... And also, like, I, I was this close to joining the military. So I just was always, like, very attracted. I know. Yeah. Other, I was also a stand-up comedian in another life. There's all these things. I can see that. Yeah, see? See that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. A lot of poop jokes. A lot of toilet <laughs> humor. Oh, yeah. And, like, lots of, like, doing weird dance moves. It was great. It was mostly, no, like, to get free cool. drinks because I was poor. And I was like, if you're a comedian, you get free drinks. I was like, oh. Well, Too that easy. sounds great. <laughs> um, so coming from a strict background, if I could do it all over again, I would. I would have not had a design career. I would have worked at a coffee shop or a pet store, like my first job, and then had my bills taken care of, and then kind of started doing freelance and only worked on projects I knew I wanted to do more of, mm -hmm. which I think is key. I'm gonna say it again, only doing projects I wanted to do more of, because then if I'm doing work that I'm not proud of, my portfolio quickly becomes projects that I'm only gonna get more inquiries to do more of that. Yep. So that's why I think it's important before you put your portfolio out there, don't necessarily put your student work uh, especially if the prompt is very common, like creating a poster out of typography. Don't fucking put that on your fucking portfolio. Everyone does that. Or like modeling a cell phone or something stupid. Don't. Or tutorials. <sighs> yeah. Tutorials. Don't, don't put that on. Don't put that. If you make, so that's why I think it's always better to like, A, do it that way. And then the commercial work you do, you're proud of and you put your portfolio or do whatever the fuck you want and just do a lot of personal projects that look real. And then you get more of what works. So either one of those. So when like having the dilemma now, obviously as a professional, if someone asked me to do something that was like out of my wheelhouse to a point where I don't feel comfortable and I, because I don't want to have to give you a refund <laughs> based on my lack to do my job. Uh, I do have a liability clause, but still, um, I would just say no. And I think no is like the most important word. Mm -hmm. But when you're a beginner, I feel like because of the whole scarcity mindset, we tend to take on things we wouldn't necessarily do but i do agree with the whole like um full priced or free so it's yeah. like um not necessarily discounting your work but you know like if you have a client i know i'm getting like crazy off topic but i'm trying to like cover a lot of stuff yeah, is yeah. when you price something out and someone's like can i have a discount no you can only ever reduce the scope of the project like less work less hours less usage rights whatever and again if you're like usage rights we have a video about usage rights coming on up with shauna uh which i think you guys will like uh, Penchezen, in case you're like, who's Shauna? We're supposed to know who Shauna is. Shauna Penchezen, super cool. A lettering artist lady. Anyways. Um, so that way you're just not compromising yourself. Cause again, I feel like we really have to protect our passion and not give it away. 
and not have like little bits of our heart turned to stone before we're actually doing what we love or else it gets tainted and then you end up at a dead end job that you hate because the thing that you thought you loved got ruined by your own bad decisions. You know, and I think this happens a lot when you're starting out is like you like the idea of something um, and you like to draw. So you're like, oh, like I, I could do that. So I think once like my number one rule is trial and error. A hundred percent. I agree with you. Um, like later on in your career, like now I am very comfortable saying no to things that are just not a priority in terms of the scope of work that I want to be doing. Like, for example, back in, like when I lived in Sydney, I wanted to be exhibiting a lot more in galleries and exhibitions. So I said yes to pretty much every invitation that came my way. I sent emails asking if I could be in certain exhibitions, but now it's just not a priority. My priority is like solely working on building my animation um, and storytelling skills. So I think that's like an evolving thing and just kind of always being on track of like where, where you wanna be and what you can learn from each experience is a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so do you think it's confusing to your audience if your style changes? Um, that's something I guess I've always worried about, but if it is confusing, like too bad. <laughs> like, I, <don't> <laughs> I love that. Like, like, yeah. Yeah, like I've always, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I would really get bored if I just kind of knew that, like what gets me really excited is when I'm able to evolve from where I am. And so like, if I make new work that is interesting and different, um, but the only way that you can kind of do that is if you keep, experimenting and exploring so yeah I guess it is something that I've always worried about but I there's no way to avoid it and like that's why I'm so stoked every time people are like I can really tell that this is your style even though like you seem to do a lot of different things and I'm like great like you know I'm not losing the audience but yeah if if it did confuse them and if that somehow meant that they couldn't tell that it was me then I guess that that would just kind of change the nature of the art like me as an artist which is which is fine like yeah I think it's important to kind of keep what I like doing at the forefront rather than you know whether my audience is able to track my work yeah no that's great I'm glad that you have that perspective I think like if I could offer any advice on the subject is do a slow evolution if you can, which is going to happen naturally. So just make sure you stay yeah. consistent posting. It's just, it only gets really confusing when someone takes like a break for like a summer or like a few months and then they come back and something's completely different. And you might just get an, a bunch of unfollows because people are like, who the fuck is this? Especially if you also change your profile picture Yeah. at the same time of changing your style. Um, that's my only like little, especially if you have like hundreds of thousands of followers or you finally hit that thousand, you really don't want to go backwards. <laughs> Other than that, like changing your style. Like I recently was talking about, I went from like more of a, like a black and white kind of Gothic look to more of like a, I don't know, I'm going to say sarcastic millennial vibe. Um, but I was told just today, it's like, no, Dina, it still looks like your work. It's just yeah. a different interpretation of that work. And I was like, oh cool (laughs) yeah exactly like people are going to be able to tell like I think that's that is how people see that I have a style is because I still use those elements specifically like visually color but I think the vibe of my work is still the same whether it is um, different or not because like for example I guess recently I've been really drawn to illustrating like abstract things so Mm -hmm. I work like just like blobs. I've been doing a lot of just like pattern blobs lately. You make a lot of really pretty blobs. 
thank you. That's the nicest thing. I love your blobs. Best blobs in the block. Irene Filio, maker of pretty blobs. <laughs> and she's not saying blogs. Blobs. Oh, the blobs. B. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I make the prettiest blogs. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but like people are like, yeah, that, like I can tell that's you. And yeah, I think it is important to like show the evolution and it shows that you have range. It like, yeah, it's great. Whoa, like where did time it's go? It's like, I took up your whole day. I haven't eaten and I'm not even hungry. That's how cool this conversation was. Yeah, that's... This was really fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're amazing. I love you. Let's be biffles in real life. I will come to New York. You will come will to come Portland. To we will exchange so many... coffees. Mm-hmm. Yes, we'll exchange. We'll buy each other a coffee, exchange it, and mm-hmm. then drink. Yeah! yeah, well, like, I forget what that's we- called. But that thing. You know, the fancy move. The, fa- I know what you're the fancy drink where it's like we're intimate, but we're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say something about um, Portland? I was going to say, yeah, Portland, one, want to check out the creative scene. Two, there are all my favorite tattoo artists live Ooh. there. Yes. So I definitely need to visit. Um, Let's get yeah. tattoos together. A thousand times, yes. <laughs> 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 This is what that happens. So, like, I feel like the feeling that we have right now is right when you, like, you meet someone new, right? And then you hang out for the first time and you hang out all day. And you're just like, this is so weird. You're like, friends that don't ever. bother me. What? <laughs> Such a special feeling. So I love good. you. Okay. So, last final plugs. Where should people follow you on the internet? Where should people go? Um, they can find me on Instagram, um, at Irene Filio, that's F-E-L-E-O, and yeah, just on my website, irenefilio.com. Goodbye, farewell, don't turn the channel, but please subscribe before you do, your Facebook status is not that important. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Ah, oh, wasn't that a great episode, guys? Oh, I love Irene. She's so adorable yet wise. You guys can catch more of Irene at patreon.com slash woman of illustration, where we are going to have a very exclusive live stream Q&A with both me and Irene to answer any follow-up questions you guys might have on trying to find your style as an illustrator. And we're also going to follow up with Irene to see how her challenge went. She gave herself a very interesting challenge of redoing her about page and talking about herself in a way that people who land on her site actually knows her value as an artist and why she would be the perfect person for their next client project. So we're going to see how she does. And I hope, no, I know it's going to be awesome. In next week's episode, we're going to come back with a brand new artist and a brand new series all about how to be a more independent woman in the industry. In this next episode, we're really going to focus focus on how to create your own opportunities as a woman. How can you get featured on more blogs, podcasts, shows, panels, conferences? How can you put your name out there instead of just waiting for people to find you? This is my goodbye dance. I don't want to say goodbye dance, but I'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye.